Welcome to Whip Beyond Measure. My name's Katrina Mayer. And I'm Elle Kammerer. And we have some really exciting news for you. We are officially part of the Frolic Podcast Network! Yay! The Frolic Podcast Network is a podcast community of everything romance and romance-related. So if you're into romantic fiction of any flavor, which we all know we are... Uh, the Frolic Podcast Network includes shows that feature book club style discussions, a little bit like us, uh, author interviews, comedy critiques, and fantastic conversations. Yes, this network includes some of the most innovative, interesting, and entertaining podcasts. Podcasts like the Pemberley Podcast. Also, mm-hmm. What Would Dan Barry Do? Which is Bridgerton themed, just throwing that out there. <laughs> There's also Tea and Strumpets. And then finally, this lesbian ship is intense. Which I'm super excited to listen to, not gonna lie. (laughs) Yes, plus many more others. Yes. So what does this mean for you guys? Well, it means that there's more shows for you to enjoy and more opportunities for us to introduce you to other amazing podcasts. Yay! And also you can find new shows to add to your podcast subscription at Frolic media slash podcast yay we're super excited we really are yeah to share all of this with you guys so yay hooray yay but let's talk about us because we're gonna be a little selfish and by talk about us i mean let's talk about emma yes and what she has been doing in chapters 34 through 38 right yes oh my gosh what has she been doing well Luckily, I know because okay, good. <laughs> I have a super duper quick recap. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. So here it is. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Number one, Emma has a dinner party for Mrs. Elton because everybody is having a dinner party for Mrs. Elton, and Emma doesn't a want to be left out, and b wants to be like a good neighbor because she kind of has to because she's like kind of in charge of things, and then also c. Because it might look like she's a little bit jealous if she doesn't, or people could talk if she doesn't have this dinner. So she wants to put that all out, have the dinner, get it over with. Mm-hmm. Number two, Frank comes back. Yay! Hooray, we think. <laughs> but anyway, Frank is coming back because his aunt, Mrs. Churchill, is not feeling super well. Because we knew that from the last time we saw him. But apparently it's real, maybe. But some people think it's not. Either way, she wants to get out of Enscombe. It's cold. It's rainy. It's whatever there. And she wants to go south. And hopefully that will help perk her up and make her feel better. And so they do that. And because they do that, Frank is now situated at a place that is closer to Highbury. So he's able to visit more frequently than he has been able to do in the past so that is exciting and then three because frank is back they get to have the ball at the crown yay except for mr woodhouse who's probably like "Eh." we finally have a ball (laughs) yay which we all know austin loves to throw in her stuff because balls are fun yeah or at least in pride and prejudice right she throws it in there (laughs) i don't i feel like we went to a ball all the time in pride and prejudice there's some kind of dance in here we haven't Mm -hmm. had that a lot Mm -mm. there's definitely a lot more dancing in pride and prejudice for sure between the ball at the assembly 
uh, dancing randomly at the Lucas's house and then Netherfield and yeah. Yeah. You know, in case you guys needed another quick summary of things in Pride and Prejudice. Prejudice. (laughs) (laughs) But we're not talking about Pride and Prejudice. We're talking about Emma. And yes, I know I've struggled with this book, but things are happening. Mm Mm-hmm. And even though Miss Bates still talks way too much, and I just cannot read those sections. I can't. <laughs> I cannot. I'm still really getting into it. Things are happening. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. Well, that's been our main complaint so far has been that nothing has happened. And now in these chapters, something has happened. So, yeah. Hooray. Yay. Okay, well, let's get started yes. uh, with Emma's necessary dinner. For Mrs. Elton. Yes. The thing she does not want to do. She scurries Mm -hmm. about with like who's going to come. Which Emma, I felt you in that section. I am the same way when I'm trying to organize a gathering. Mm -hmm. I mean, I haven't done that in a while because of COVID times. But pre-COVID times, anytime I would host something... I was always panicked about who is coming and how many people. And if this person came, then this person couldn't come. Or, oh, I'm going to exclude this person. So this person come, come. But then everything changes at the last minute. And it's just like, why am I stressing myself out about it? Because everything works out in the end. Which kind of happens with Emma. (laughs) She's stressing about, (laughs) like, Harriet coming. Harriet has to be the eighth person who comes along to the dinner. Because Harriet and Emma are BFFs. But it's kind of awkward if Harriet comes because the dinners for mrs elton right well and also there has to be like a certain number of people as well yeah not just so then the room kind of fills out and it feels like there's you know enough people there to hold conversation but also in terms of like seating around the table because like it should always be like guy girl guy girl guy girl all the way around so then you have somebody you can talk to and like left or right blah blah, mm-hmm. blah and all that stuff so like you have to have a certain amount of people kind of like with the ball you yeah. have to have like a certain amount of people there are rules so, there are there mm-hmm. are now while emma's like oh i have to invite harriet i also really hope that she declines the invitation so then i can invite jane fairfax who i'm trying to be a better friend to yes exactly which we recall, Emma has said this a couple of times now, is that she's like, oh, I feel bad because I've known Jane forever and like we're the same age. So I should really be nicer to her. But then like Jane does something and Emma gets really frustrated and yeah. jealous. Yep. And it just keeps happening over and over and over again. Also, I would just like to point out that I don't care how much Emma wants to be friends with Jane. She's also totally, like, talking about Jane behind her back and this whole, like, controversy with, like, Mr. Dixon and stuff. So she's not being a good friend. Even, like, even if she invites her to every single dinner party from now until the end of time, she is not being a good friend. Yeah. So, yeah. See, I got this feeling that she is suddenly trying more actively to be a better friend to Jane Fairfax because of, like, Mrs. Elton really latching on to her. And I just, even though it's, like, not out rightly said that's kind of what it feels like to me no i i agree and like i kind of wanted to talk a little bit about mrs elton and jane fairfax's relationship and i'm trying to remember if this was really mentioned like in the last sections that we read i don't recall but so mr and mrs elton are the new 
vicar family like mm-hmm. they live in the vicarage and we know that the bateses used to live there like mrs bates old mrs bates is the old vicar's wife so well mr elton obviously was nice to everybody because he's you know a you know a social climber he likes to kiss everybody's butts mm-hmm. um mrs elton comes in and she is you know like having like making sure she is like reaching out to the bates and jane and everything like that so i wonder if Mrs. Elton being so nice to the Bates isn't kind of part of like her responsibility. Like she feels responsible because they are the old Vickers family. She then sees Jane as an opportunity to kind of get a little bit of like social currency because she knows how popular Jane is. And she knows that Jane has these connections with the Campbells and that she has quote unquote, like higher society, like talents and like her musical skills and stuff like that. So while she is initially reaching out to the Bates, maybe under the guise of, oh, well, you know, they're the old Vicar family where the new Vicar family like will reach out. Um, but she's also latching on to Jane for like that social climbing as well. Yeah, I can you totally know? see that. Yeah, because like at first I want I totally wanted to read it as like Mrs. Elton is totally hanging out with Jane just because Jane has like a name that everybody loves. But then I was thinking about it like a little deeper and I'm like, I don't think that she was like maliciously like reaching out or maybe not maliciously, but like purposefully reaching out so that she could have Jane and climb the social ladder. I think she was initially reaching out to the Bates family because of who they were. Hmm. So I want to give like Mrs. Elton, maybe just a little in itty bitty, teeny tiny, like grain of rice. Yeah. Like, like benefit of the doubt there. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, because if she would have, then that's how she would have heard about Jane Fairfax. And then she can come to, then when she came to Emma's to like see her for that time when her and Mr. Elton came there, like the first Mm -hmm. time they're really having to talk and she talks about Jane. Yeah, I could see that. Mm -hmm. I could see that. Yeah. So, well, Emma is reaching out to Jane because she feels guilty about the fact that, you know, she's not a better friend, even though she's, you know, also not acting like a better friend in any way that actually matters. We also have, you know, Mrs. Elton, who's reaching out to Jane, both because she feels obligated as the current Vicar's wife, but also because she knows that Jane has like this higher, I don't know. I I want to call it like a social currency almost like, yeah, because Jane gets invited to stuff. And if you're BFFs with Jane, then maybe that'll help and stuff like that. But yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that's the right phrasing. I don't know. I. It could also just be, like, condescending, too, because we know Mrs. Elton sees herself as, like, really high up, even though mm-hmm. technically she's not. Mm-hmm. And we we get that even more so later on once we get to the ball, and we'll talk about this. We'll talk about how she acts at the ball later. But it it just it kind of feels condescending, like, Oh, I'm married now. Oh, I'm so great now. Look at my great husband and how great I am. Let me like condescend to you, Jane Fairfax, you poor working thing. (laughs) Let me take you under my wing and find you a husband so you don't have to work. Because that's what she wants to do. Oh, right. She totally does that. Yeah. But I want to say that like, I don't know, like the undertones of it or maybe just like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just reading too much into this because let me just say this. If I were Mrs. Elton and I didn't want to look like I'm being like this condescending person, I would want to look like I'm being a really helpful person. I would be like, oh, yeah, Jane, you know, I want to get you a husband. I want to make sure you have a good life. I want to, you know, send the carriage to you and your your aunts and everything like that because I'm the vicar's wife and I know that you guys used to be in my position. Right. 
you know, but maybe that's just me because we haven't actually seen her do that, but it could just be me. Well, she might be doing that, but there's a motive behind it. I don't think she's doing it out of the goodness of her heart. And I don't think there was ever any intention for her to do it out of the goodness of her heart. Mm, I think it's purposeful specifically to make herself look a certain way to the people of Highbury. Right. And I think that the, the, like if somebody were to call her out on it, I wonder if she wouldn't say, well, it's because I'm the vicar's wife. Yeah. And they used to be the vicar family. It's kind of what I was getting at. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. Yep. Well, anyway, so we have Harriet not coming, Jane coming. Mm -hmm. And then we have eight and we're good. Everybody's happy. Except, oh, wait a second. Wait. Unsuspecting visit from Mr. John Knightley and the little Knightley boys. Oh my goodness. And he's going to complain the whole time because that's who he is. But not before Mr. Woodhouse complains about stuff because that's also who he is. What? We can't have nine. Are you kidding? It will be way too loud with one extra person who never talks to anybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even Emma's thrown off by it, but that I think that's more about, like, the couples and, like, having mm-hmm. an even number as opposed mm-hmm. to anything else. So they're, like, perturbed by it, but they can't do anything because he's family. But then, luckily, Mr. Weston has business, and they're eight, and everything's yep. okay. So they are eight for dinner. Out. Yep. Yep. So see, Emma, no need to panic. Don't be like me. <laughs> Don't be like me. <laughs> Don't be like Katrina. Except you, because if you're actually going to be a good friend, then you should be more like Katrina. Aw, yeah. thank you. You're welcome. So yeah, so they have the dinner. Mm-hmm. It goes well. Mm-hmm. Um, Mr. John Knightley is nice to Jane because he mm-hmm. knows her from growing up. And like, they have this like kind of weird, this weird exchange where... Mr. John Knightley is like yelling, not yelling, but he's like scolding Scolding. Jane. He's mansplaining Jane Fairfax a little bit and scolding Mm -hmm. her about her walking to the post office in the rain, which it probably probably Uh wasn't raining that hard because it's England and it's just like generally rainy in some parts of it. And so it's Mm -hmm. probably normal. And she's like, Mm -hmm. it's fine. And it's the post office. It's not that far. And I like the exercise. He's like, nothing, no letter is so important that you need to go there. And then they have this like conversation about how, oh, Mr. Knightley, you have your friends and your family all close to you. That's why you don't need to go to the post office because everybody you have is all near you. I don't have that luxury. Mm -hmm. And he like, it's kind of nice to her in a weird Mr. John Knightley way because he does encourage her to the fact that, well, I hope 10 years from now you will have those things, essentially. Yeah, but first he's like, when you get to be my age, you're not going to want to go to the post office. And she's just like, okay, well, I currently enjoy going to the post office. So why are you giving me grief about it, dude? Like, yeah, I, I, I enjoy doing this. Stop giving me grief. And I'm just going to say this out there right now to literally all of our listeners um if somebody likes something can we just let them like it just let them like it (laughs) so what if the girl likes going to the post office just let her just let her enjoy it yeah (laughs) she's probably one of the very few people on the planet who enjoys going to the post office because god knows i hate it (laughs) yeah nobody likes mail but at least jane fairfax does so she Mm -hmm. has that going for her it's because she's getting letters from her friends who aren't there who are possibly in Ireland or other places. Yes. 
And Emma totally picks up on that. She's like, of course mm. she would go to the post office and she did have a healthy glow about her tonight, so she must have gotten a satisfactory letter. I wonder who it could be from. I considered asking her what the price of postage from Ireland was, and it was at the tip of my tongue, but I wasn't able to actually ask it. <laughs> she held herself back because she's trying to be a better friend. Mm-hmm. Which, you know what, Emma? Good, good on that's, you. You acknowledged yeah, what you were going to do, you assessed it and how it could be interpreted, and then you decided not to. That is good mm-hmm. decision-making skills. Well mm-hmm. done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Growth. Growth. Hooray. <laughs> um, but it's not only Emma who hears this conversation. It's also Mrs. Elton and Mrs. Weston. And Mrs. Elton has to push her way into it and be like, don't worry, I'm going to get my servant to get your letters. And she's like, no, please don't. <laughs> she's like, no, it's mm-hmm. already done. And she's like, please, God, no. <laughs> yeah. Like, let me do something on my own, please. Yeah, I got this. Yeah. Yeah, like, it's literally just down the street. Because remember, the Bateses live, like, in town, like, right there. Yeah. Like, it's not far. No. Like, they live across the street from the fabric shop. Yeah. Like, it's not like it's a Hartfield. <laughs> like, it's, yeah. She is fine. But she has to, like, put herself in there and, like... Mm-hmm do something for her because she's mrs elton she has to be loud and like tell them what to do i guess and like this gets even worse as mrs elton and jane start talking about jane's future yes because we remember jane is going to be a governess and mrs elton is like oh jane it's april you should be looking into this and like asking for jobs and stuff like that checking out your prospects and jane is like no, I'm not interested in doing that just now. I'm going to wait a few months. Like, it's fine. Everything's everything's chill. And Mrs. Elton's like, no, 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 no. It's April. The next thing you know, it'll be June or July. You should be doing this now before all of the good places are taken, which is legitimately good advice. Yeah. But what we need to recognize here is that Jane is like, no, those aren't my plans. And Please that be respect that. Yeah. Yeah. But Mrs. Elton goes on to be like, no, 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 no. I'll inquire about this place and I'll talk to my uh, to Mrs. Partridge in Bath and she'll like inquire or keep her eyes out and I'll just do all of this for you. We'll just do all of this work for you. And Jane's like, no, please don't. I'm not looking for this. I'm not asking anybody else to do this for me. I don't want to put people off and or like ask for more than I need. Like, yeah, I'm like, please do not do this. And Mrs. Elton is like, oh, no, I'm going to do it. Consider it done. It's like. Once again, no means no. Yes! <laughs> like, come on, Mrs. Elton. Like, Jane says, don't do this. You shouldn't do it. But she's continuing to talk about doing it. And I want to talk a little bit about Jane's reluctancy to go about doing this mm-hmm. a little bit. So I want to know what you think or why the reason is that you think that Jane is kind of waiting to start looking for prospects. Okay. so. I think Jane has, like, something on her back burner that is preventing Mm -hmm. her from, like, going out to find a job right away. Because I know we've talked about potentially Mr. Frank Churchill, like, kind of flirting with her. And maybe Mm -hmm. she's, like, interpreting that as Churchill liking her. And if that's the case, then they can get married and Mm -hmm. she's set because 
he is very wealthy. Mm -hmm. So she wouldn't have to work. Um, But we don't know that for sure. So even though we might not know it's Frank Churchill, I do think it's like something Mm -hmm. that is romance related that is holding her back from finding a position right now. Because if she gets married, then she won't need Mm -hmm. it. I agree. Like, I, I, I didn't want to, like, put the words in your mouth. Oh, yeah. That's why I was like, I wanted to ask you. But I agree. I think that Jane is sitting here thinking, oh, I don't need to look for a job just yet because I'm going to get married. And if that doesn't work out, I can still get a job. Yeah. Yeah. Which she talks about specifically with Mrs. Elton because Mrs. Elton's like, no, you need to make sure you get, like, a job with, like, a family that like runs in the first circle and have the highest standards and stuff, which let's, let's just be reminded that Jane has a connection with the Campbells and the Dixons who run in those higher circles. Yeah. So I said this before, like back when we were talking about Jane's backstory and like what she was planning on doing, but like if Jane is waiting to look for a job because she thinks she's going to get married, cool. Good for her. If that doesn't work out, all she has to do is wait for Mrs. Dixon to have a kid. Mm-hmm. because then she'll just be their governess. So even if she wasn't thinking, oh, hey, maybe I'm going to get married, like she still doesn't really have to work that hard at finding a job. She just has to find something until she can just go be a governess for Mrs. Dixon. Yeah. Yeah. Like She'll be fine. But I don't think Jane wants to say that because it'll sound bad because it's kind of like, I just have to wait for my friend to have a baby. Like, Yeah. Well, also, yeah. like the assuming part about um like if there was a potential romance she could never say that either Mm, right right so well because you know if she were to have said that out loud like oh i'm just waiting for mr and mrs dixon to have a kid emma would be like oh uh, what you just said mr dixon's name that means that i'm gonna sit here and talk about you behind your back some more (laughs) (laughs) yeah so yeah so i just thought that that was interesting because jane really can just be like chill about the whole thing because even if she doesn't get married, she just has to find, essentially, she has to substitute teach until she can get the job with her friend. <laughs> right. Basically. Yeah. yeah. So. But speaking of one of the ways that she can get a job is through essentially like governess offices. Like yes. you essentially kind of put your name or you like register with an office and then they'll like find you a job. And there's right. a couple of comments that happen around this time of the of the book that we kind of want to talk about a little bit so right because she doesn't say a governess office she doesn't make that outright Mm -mm. the words that she uses to reference potentially finding a position through an office is offices for the sale not quite of human flesh but of human intellect and mrs elton interprets this as Oh, my dear human flesh, you quite shock me. If you mean a fling at the slave trade, I assure you Mr. Suckling was always rather a friend to the abolition. So Mrs. Elton interprets this as, like, her potentially working for the slave trade in some way? Is that how I'm supposed to understand this? But why would... So Mrs. Elton literally, like, she takes it and runs with it. So... I think that Jane is kind of making a comment like, oh, yeah, you know, it's the it's the trade of human intellect. But she kind of wants to throw that like it's the trade of, well, not quite human flesh, (laughs) 
but the trait of human intellect. So she wants to make the note of that, but she I don't think she's comparing the two. Mm-hmm. But Mrs. Elton is like, what? The slave trade? Oh my goodness. Let me tell you how I am not okay with the slave trade. Let me let me just say right off the bat, I am an abol- I'm an abolitionist. My husband is an abolitionist and everything like that. So let me let me talk about this a little a little bit. So the slave trade and abolition and everything like that was a huge topic of discussion around this time. It was like the big political topic. Everybody was talking about it. In Parliament specifically. Yes. Well, ev- yeah. Yeah. Yes. In Parliament, there were there were petitions to get uh, the slave trade stopped and everything like that. And the slave trade was officially abolished in England. Sorry, in Britain specifically in 1807, which was eight years before this book was published. Mm-hmm. but for a long time before that so like the, the 1790s up until uh 1807 and beyond like the idea of owning slaves and the slave trade and everything like that was big topics of conversation and obviously there was a lot of movement and a lot of push to end the slave trade which would then eventually end slavery because they did initially start with the slave trade because they knew that they could get that abolished and then from there move on to ending slavery entirely. Right. So one of the reasons why Mrs. Elton like jumps to defend her brother-in-law is because, as you guys remember, Mrs. Elton is from Bristol and Bristol is a port town and there was like, it had a huge connection to the slave trade. And because Mrs. Elton's family were merchants, but Mr. Suckling's family also made their money in merchant or as merchants and recently bought Maple Grove because they're like, you know, new money. She wanted to make sure that there was no connection at all whatsoever between like the possibility of them making their money in the slave trade and them having all of this money now. So that's why she's like, he's an abolitionist, like he's anti-slave trade, he's anti all of this, just so then you don't assume that because you know, our our connections are with merchants in Bristol that we agree with most of the merchants in Bristol who are pro-slavery. We're not. That's not how we did this. Right. But can so. we also talk, Mrs. Elton, about how you're still benefiting from this system? Even though that you are condemning it, you're still benefiting from it. And so that you're just as bad. Well, I mean, everybody in England was still benefiting from the slave trade at the time, True. even though the slave trade was abolished and they were still benefiting from slave work there were like boycotts that's what i was looking for there were boycotts against the use of sugar because sugarcane was essentially all of the sugarcane fields in the um is it the, the west indies west indies yeah was all um done by slave work so there was a boycott of uh, like sugar and things like that And that was kind of one of the protests that people, like everyday people did against um, slavery. So, but everybody was benefiting benefiting. from this, from Mm -hmm. slave work. Yeah. Right. Um, But I would like to point out one thing. Uh, So if you guys remember the Black Lives Matter protests in 2020, they were, you know, protests in pretty much every major city in America, but there were also protests overseas and in Bristol, there was a huge protest where they actually tore down the statue of a prominent merchant slash slave trader that was pulled down in Bristol and dragged and thrown into like the river. 
And the slave trader was Edward Colston. And I believe the city has since decided to not replace this statue. But the fact that there was a statue to a prominent slave trader in Bristol just tells you how much there was a connection between the slave trade and Bristol. So, like, everybody knows that. So everybody in Highbury would probably have made that connection between Mrs. Elton being from Bristol, her family being merchants, her brother-in-law, not only his family being merchants, but the fact that they have a lot of money now, there's probably a connection. So that's why she's like, oh, merchants in Bristol, you know, make all of their money on slave trade, but we are not making our money on the slave trade, but we are still making a lot of money as merchants in Bristol. Yes. And also still benefiting in whole from this. Oh, Like everyone else. So, yeah. So those two, like, comments are just like loaded yeah and again i don't think jane is trying to specifically say that governesses are like slaves i think she was just kind of making the comment about the governesses are selling essentially their intellect and their ability to teach other people right so yeah i think she was just making an offhanded comment slash jane austen was throwing this in there because it was an extremely intense topic at the time so Mm -hmm. she wanted to kind of make a comment on it as well so yeah i agree I'm sure her readers also made that connection between Mrs. Elton, Bristol, merchants, etc. 100%. They would have picked up on this at the time. And this Mm -hmm. is not the only book where we see Jane Austen commenting on what is going on specifically with the slave trade and with the abolitionist movement. It's also part of Mansfield Park, which I know we haven't gotten to yet, but um, she makes more comments on it in that book as well. So it will be something that we come back to and that makes sense because it was so prominent during this time where she's writing. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying is that I also have to get the annotated version of Mansfield Park. So then when it pops <laughs> up, I can catch you're it better. You're going to get the annotated versions of all of them just because you want them. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I only have one copy of every book. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh. So we know Mr. Weston had to go to London for work. Well, it turns out he was able to come back into Highbury and he ran home, ate a quick dinner, and then decided to go to Hartfield to see everybody. At which point, Mr. John Knightley is like, what? Excuse me? You wait, you were you were gone all day and then you come back home and you're going to leave again instead of just staying home. What the What's wrong with you? He basically repeats his whole speech about why he doesn't want to go to Randall's for Christmas, Mm -hmm. essentially. It's like, why would you choose to come out instead of stay by your own fireside? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Especially because you've been out since 8 a.m., you've been in crowds, you've been talking to people all day, and you want to come here to uh, Hartfield, where your presence is actually going to prolong the evening, which I think is which Mr. John Nettley's real issue. Which means I retire and go yeah. to bed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's, his real complaint is that now he has to stay up longer with exactly. his in-laws. Exactly. Yeah. So he does come back and he comes back one because Mr. Weston is like, he seems like a really nice, joyful, jovial character in general. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And also he has some pretty exciting news and he probably Mm -hmm. just can't wait to share this news. And he knows everybody is at Hartfield. And so he's Mm -hmm. like, I'm just going to go to Hartfield and tell everybody I'm so excited. I can't wait Mm because Frank is coming. He's coming back. And he gives the letter to Emma and right. Mrs. Weston. And Mrs. Weston for them. Because remember, it's initially made out to Mrs. Weston. And Mr. Weston got it from the post and saw that it was in 
Frank's hand and he decided he was going to open it. Which he gets chastised for. He does. He gets and a little I, chastised for. I do agree with, because it's Mrs. Elston, or sorry, because it's Mrs. Elton who chastises him. And I do, mm-hmm. I do agree. Probably shouldn't mm-hmm. open up mail that isn't addressed to you, especially if it's your wife's, because. Yeah. But anyway. But it was his son. And it was I his think son. It, I think it was very clearly like a short letter. Yeah. So I have a funny feeling that, because this is like, what, a couple months after Frank left, because Frank was there in February. It is now April. Mm-hmm. So, and Mr. Weston was always the one that's like, oh, Frank will come back. Frank will come back. Frank will come back. I just know it. I just know it. So when he sees a letter from Frank that's small, and it's been a couple of months, I bet he's sitting there like itching for a letter to be like, oh, I'm coming back. And then he sees this and he's like, okay, well, she's not here. I just got to check and see if this is his, like, yeah. if this is him announcing that he's coming back. Yeah. And then it turns out it is. So I do think that that is one of the reasons why he's just like, I must go to Hartfield right now and tell everybody about this because I'm so excited and I know they'll be excited too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he does that. He goes, he explains everything. And then him and Mrs. Elton have a conversation. Yeah, because Mrs. Elton has not met Frank. She has zero opinions of him. She's only heard about him. So when she is told that he's coming, she's essentially telling him, oh, you know, I'll make, you know, my assumptions of him based off of, you know, I'll be I'll be honest with you. Like what you say won't influence me. So then they start talking about the circumstances in which Frank is coming back to Highbury, which is Mrs. Churchill is still ill. Uh, she feels that Enscombe is too cold, so they're going to go to London to, to make her feel better and everything like that. And mm-hmm. then I think he also mentions the fact that the reason why he was taken, like why Frank was taken away initially was because Mrs. Churchill felt ill. So he's kind of explaining all of this to Mrs. Elton. So then she kind of understands it. But Mr. Weston kind of lets a little like his actual feelings about mrs churchill kind of sneak through a little bit here yes and it brings up some interesting things uh there's a couple of interesting comments but yes. then there's also a lot of freaking irony <laughs> so first off let me just start this off by saying it is an incredibly awkward conversation like the entire time i was reading it i was cringing because i'm like look mr weston you're telling this woman who you barely know essentially your real feelings like Mm -hmm. why are you suddenly opening up to her you don't know her and then also what if she says something because she would be the type of person who would totally say something and it's so weird because he like says something but then he retracts but then he has to like make it look like he's not retracting so he doesn't look guilty so he says more and then he Mm -hmm. ends up saying too much and it's just like yeah maybe take a breath and like, I, I wonder if that isn't him just being like too nice because like we can kind of gauge that Mrs. Weston doesn't seem to care for Mrs. Elton as much based off how she talks about it with Emma. Like they don't flat out say it as much, but you can kind of gauge that. Whereas Mr. Weston just seems like too much of a nice guy. Like we were yeah. saying it before, like he's so happy. And I think he's just kind of overwhelmed with the fact that Frank is coming back and he's really excited because everybody loved him the first time he came. And yeah, so I think it's just. I don't know. That or he's drunk. One of the two. <laughs> <laughs> I think this excitement is making him not only open up too much to Mrs. Elton, but it's also like bringing out other things that he's saying to the whole group in general. 
about mm-hmm. his feelings for Mrs. Churchill. Mm-hmm. And specifically when he first comes and brings a letter and Mrs. Weston and Emma are looking it over, he's like, see, see, he's coming. See, I told you, I told you he'd be coming back. Did I not tell you it would be so? He's going to be in town next week, you see, at the latest, right? And then he makes this comment, I dare say, for she, and I believe the she is referring to Mrs. Churchill here, Mm-hmm. For she is as impatient as the black gentleman when anything is to be done. Most likely they will be here tomorrow or Saturday. One, there's like so many problematic things with this sentence, right? Number mm-hmm. one is the language that is being used, right? Using like black gentleman to, which is signifying the devil, but it's mm-hmm. already problematic language in general, especially when just a few pages prior to that, there's the comment right that mrs elton is bringing in about not being associated with the slave trade so like Mm -hmm. here it is like kind of coming back this problematic language that they have within society at the time Mm -hmm. so not only is the language problematic but then also the fact that he's like connecting this image regardless of what he's meaning he's connecting it with mrs churchill right So Mm -hmm. he's essentially saying she is impatient as the devil once she gets something in her head, which, Mm -hmm. and he's saying this to the whole, to everybody who is listening. Mm -hmm. It's not a private Mm -hmm. conversation. So like, Mm -hmm. Mr. Weston, you're talking about things in front of people that you don't necessarily know you can trust. Yeah. And first of all, it's, it's just bad manners to throw Mrs. Churchill under the bus like that. So that's just, yeah, I don't know. He's really letting his feelings show. Yeah. Yeah. And then it just gets even worse when he starts talking with Mrs. Elton. And I don't know if, I wonder if it is just him talking and I I can't remember exactly the specifics, but do you think it's just Mrs. Elton? I don't know. She just, she pulls this out of him or something. I think it's just his excitement. He's so yeah, excited okay. and he's just saying things that he probably wouldn't normally say out loud to a big, large group of people. Mm-hmm. But then when he gets onto his like quieter conversation with just Mrs. Elton and he's like kind of word vomiting all over the place about mm-hmm. his feelings about Mrs. Churchill and then retracting and then like explaining more. I don't know. Maybe she does have this kind of effect on him that he... He just because she's also commenting back like, oh, yes, I know people like that. Let me Mm -hmm. tell you about this family who lived near me. Right. They got a little more money. They thought that, you know, they were part of our society. They came in acting like they knew everything. They even had the gall to like try to connect themselves with some of the older, very well-established families. Like, can you believe that? And it's like, Mrs. Elton, that's what you are doing. So here's here's how this whole thing goes. So Mr. Weston is complaining about Mrs. Churchill. And essentially, as we know, Mr. Weston's first wife was not from, like, you know, a well-off family or anything like that. And there was a lot of conflict in the family when he married her. So a lot of that conflict initially came from mrs churchill she was the one that was essentially just making things terrible between mr weston and the rest of the family well it turns out that mrs churchill also doesn't come from a well-off family 
So it was really like hypocritical of her to give the first Mrs. Weston so much grief about it. And Mr. Weston is still upset about this because again, like that's why his son didn't grow up with him and why he barely knows Frank and everything like that. So there's a lot of hate there. I hate to say that, but there is. He really does not like Mrs. Mrs. Resentment, right? Resentment. Yes. Lots of resentment. Yeah. And he's he's flat out calling out Mrs. Churchill's hypocrisy. Yes. So he's saying all of this to Mrs. Elton, at which point Mrs. Elton is like, oh, yeah, no, I hate people who are like that, who come from nothing and then they marry in or they get money and then they try to like they start seeing themselves as like this high society and they start looking down on other people. And Mr. Weston's like, yeah, 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 I agree. I agree. Yeah. You know, I don't like, like she's like that and I don't like it. But what he's not pointing out is Mrs. Elton's hypocrisy because Mrs. Elton is exactly like Mrs. Churchill, except that even now Mrs. Elton is not in the same circles as Mrs. Churchill. Right. However, Mrs. Elton does compare Mrs. Churchill to her sister, Selina, who is Mr. Suckling's wife, who we all know is new money. Yes. So at one point, Mr. Weston says something about how Mrs. Churchill is in such a hurry, she will only spend like one night at an inn to where Mrs. Elton is like, oh, yes, you know, my my sister, she doesn't enjoy you know, staying in inns because of such and such. And or she asks Mr. Weston if Mrs. Churchill brings her own sheets. Yes. And Mr. Weston's like, oh, of course, she would do anything that any other lady would, or gentlewoman or lady would do. Uh, and at that point, Mrs. Helton is like, oh, well, I don't want to suggest that, you know, Selena is the same rank as yes. Mrs. Churchill. Selena but also is she no is. fine lady, is what she says. But also at the same time, she was just comparing them both as being fine ladies. Right. It's a lot of it's a lot of hypocrisy and just contradicting. And it's just. Well, even after she says that, Mrs. Elton is like, oh, I shouldn't have made that comparison because they're not the same. But then also like, oh, wait, I don't want him to think that she isn't a fine lady also. So like Mm -hmm. she. Just like you said, two contradicting ideas going on in her head and she wants both of them and you can't mm-hmm. do that. Yeah. There's just so much going on in this conversation between the two of them to where you're just like, you want to be like, Mrs. Elton, shush. Because like the people you're complaining about, yeah, you're that person. Just like Mrs. Churchill was complaining about the first Mrs. Weston, even though she is that person. You are essentially Mrs. Churchill right now. Yeah. But then the dinner party ends. <laughs> <laughs> It does. I mean, there's more conversation. Like, they're talking back and forth about Frank for just the longest time. And they talk Mm -hmm. about Maple Grove and they talk about all of these things. And then, yeah. There is a little bit of conversation between Emma and the Misters Knightley. Yes. In that Mr. John Knightley is kind of giving Emma grief for being very social lately. And whether or not he is being... Like, whether or not it's true, I'm I'm not really certain because, like, we haven't known Emma until this point in her life. So we don't know how social she was before. But he claims that she's always out and about and going to places and having these different engagements. So she's not really going to have that much time to spend with her nephews who are now going to be spending some time in Hartfield. And she's like, oh, no, no, no. I have plenty of time. 
And Mr. John Knightley is like, oh, well, if you don't have time, just send them home. Like, it's fine. Just send them home. Just be honest and send them home. And which I know is ridiculous. Cause, but like, why? First of all, they're young boys. But also, why did you bring them in the first place if you feel like they could be an inconvenience and mm-hmm. like they wouldn't be prepared for this? Like, wh- why are you here then? Yeah. Anyway. But then Mr. Knightley, Mr. George Knightley. Is like, oh, well, if she's busy and can't attend to them and Mr. Woodhouse is busy and can't attend to them, just send them over to my house and they can hang out with their uncle. And Emma's like, ha, 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 ha. Yeah, they'd enjoy that. You're boring. Because, <laughs> like, first of all, she's like, at what point, at what engagement am I at that you're also not at? Yeah. Essentially, all of the engagements I go to, you're also there, dude. So I don't know what the hell you're talking about. If I'm going to be engaged, you're going to be engaged. Also, That's just how this is. you have a job. Also, when you're not doing your job for, what was it, like five hours a day, which, yeah. oh my God, stop it, that's not even a job, but whatever. Yeah. I'm not going <laughs> to get on that. Anyway, while he's out of the house for all all those hours of the day, he comes back and what does he do? He reads by himself or he goes over his accounts. Like, great. Mm-hmm. They're going to have so much fun with you. Yep. That's pretty much what she says. She's just like, oh yeah, they really want to spend time with their boring uncle. So that's a fun little engagement or a fun little conversation. <laughs> Can we talk for just, like, one second about how, and don't get, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't say this, but, like, I feel like Mr. John Lightly kind of mansplains to Emma how to take care of children, which I know she doesn't have her own children, but also I think she gets, like, what to do. He's like, don't Mm -hmm. worry, Isabella will send you a longer list of, like, things you need Mm -hmm. to be aware of. All I care about is don't spoil them and don't, like, let them have an imagination, essentially. Like... (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, as somebody who has taken care of other people's kids, it's like parents are always going to tell you what to do with their kids because it's like, oh, well, they can't do this or they can do this or make sure this, make sure that, you know, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. And it's just it's just what happens. I can see why he does it because he's a father and I can see why Isabella does it because she's a mother. I'm not knocking Isabella for explaining anything at all. It's just the, and I'm not knocking John Knightley for like putting in his two cents either. It's just the way he says it just seems like Emma has no idea what children are. I think that that's just how we read John Knightley. Okay. (laughs) Because, like, everything he has said before this has also been kind of mansplaining. So, yeah, I can see why you would read it like that. Yeah. So. But, uh, so Frank ends up in London and is able to come to Highbury occasionally, not as often as he would like, and he isn't able to stay as often as he would like. However, things will take a little bit of a turn in that Mrs. Churchill is... Not liking London. It's too loud. She's not feeling any better. So they decide to go to Richmond. Mm-hmm. I believe so. Yes, which is closer to Highbury than London is. So before, most of Frank's day would be coming from London to Highbury and then having to go back. So he wouldn't be able to spend too much time in Highbury. But in Richmond, he has a much shorter distance so he can spend more time in Highbury and he can come more frequently. So... He does come to visit at one point and he and Emma have just a brief conversation um, where what, it kind of they? sounds like, huh? Do they? It almost seemed like that they didn't. Like for me, all I can remember from that little part is Emma fretting over if 
he was too much in love with her and how she would have to let him down gently if he showed signs of being too much in love with her. Well, that shows how brief the conversation is because this is how I took it. He comes over and he sits with Emma and he's like, oh, hey, hi, how's it going? By the way, I ran into a couple of friends when I was in town, so I do have to get back to them. But I wanted to come over and say hi because I'm here and just, you know, just kind of reconnect. Um, oh, it's been five minutes. Yeah, I gotta go. I, I can't really spend that much time because I am still in London right now. So it does take me a long time to get back. And I kind of told them that I was going to come back to them. And like, I can't really like, like, I can't ditch them. So yeah, it's been nice seeing you. I'll be back at some point and we can reconnect. So yeah, see you then. I gotta go back. Like, that's all it is. It is, but I think there's more to it than that. I'm reading into it as kind of that whole thing about, oh, I got caught up at the bait saying goodbye to them, so I can only spend a little bit of time here at Hartfield. I think he's going to the Bates's house. I interpreted that as, yeah, the Bates's as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it was more of a, I'm going to go flirt with Jane. But I got to come and say hi to you because I still want to keep you warm to flirt with you later. Like if we have this ball, but I'm going to go spend my time with her and flirt with her instead. Yeah, I don't know. It's so weird. Because what happens is when he does go to Richmond and he's able to come back regularly and they decide to put the ball on, he does spend more time with Emma in that he is her partner at the ball. Yeah. So he does want to keep her warm while flirting with Jane. But let's also keep in mind there was a space of 10 days from that first visit until she saw him again. Like, that's a long time. <laughs> but we also don't know how frequently he was able to get into town because that was one of the things with Mrs. Churchill being in London was that she couldn't spare him as often as when um, they were at Richmond. Because once they go to Richmond, not only can he be in Highbury more often, but he's able to have that 24 hour period where they can have the ball. So I think yeah. that that's how it's set up. So it's like he informs the Westons, oh, hey, we're moving to Richmond. Let's set up this ball. So then they start setting up the ball. And then he doesn't really come back until that point when it's yeah. time for the ball. Yeah, that's their so, second meeting is the yeah, ball. Yeah, it is. Oh, it totally is. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, he's not like hanging out in town and just not seeing Adam, no, I, know. I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so Frank comes back and we're able to finally have this ball, which it's at the Crown. Everything is all set up. Mrs. Bates is going to go hang out with Mr. Woodhouse. Um, all of these people are invited. I think 10 couples, like they mentioned before. Um, if not more, it kind of feels like a little bit more. I don't know what's going on. Is it, it sounds like either friends or extended family of Mr. Weston. Yeah, yeah. So essentially what happens is um, Emma and Harriet are together going to the ball and they go early to the crown because Mr. Weston is like, I need your opinion to make sure that all of this is good. And Emma's like, yeah, sure. No big deal. We'll go. We'll go early. So she shows up. She's there. Harriet's there. Mr. and Mrs. Weston there. Frank is there. All of a sudden, some other people show up. And she's like, oh, this is weird for guests to show up. Turns out Mr. Weston asked like four or five different people to come and make sure everything was okay before everybody else got there. Yeah. And he, they had sent their carriage or had like gone past the Bates' house to pick up Miss Bates and Jane Fairfax before they went initially to the Crown. So they were going to bring them, but the Bates' were like, oh, no, 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 no. The Elton's carriage are going to come and pick us up. So we'll just wait for them. So... They were, they were going to be even more people, like, yeah. just checking the place out before the party actually started. Yeah. So, 
So Frank and Emma are like kind of near each other, but Frank seems really anxious. Like he's talking about how, oh yeah, you know, we went to go pick up Bates's, but they said that they were going to go with the Eltons. And then like he hears a carriage and he gets all anxious and he's like, oh, well, this must be them. Oh, well, I haven't actually been introduced to Mr. or Mrs. Elton, so I don't really have a foot to stand on. I can't really like come up and be like, oh, hey, hi, what's up? Where are the Bateses or what's going on? Uh, so he's he's really anxious. And then when they show up, the Bateses aren't with them. Miss Bates and Jane Fairfax aren't with them. So they have to like send their carriage back. And at that point, like Frank seems like even more anxious because there's going to be rain. So he has to get umbrellas, which really just kind of like really, really solidifies this whole like he wants to see Jane. Yeah. Thing because he seems so anxious. I don't know if you read it like that. I don't I don't want to be like putting those thoughts in your head, but that's how I read it. Because it seemed to be he was really anxious all around when they were talking about the Eltons showing up. I think he's just anxious in general. And I don't know why. I don't know if it has to do with Jane. I don't know that he really likes Jane. I'm so confused by this man. Well, so that's the thing. Like, I'm not seeing him really liking Jane, but I see how, like, uh, I don't know. Like, we don't see him flirting with Jane. Other than that whole, like, piano conversation when they go see the piano forte. Because obviously it's not happening in front of Ebba if it's happening. But, like, this anxiety that he has, because it's very clear that he's anxious. Like, he's sitting up, sitting down, walking around, blah, 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 waiting for this carriage to show up. And then when it does show up, like, obviously Mrs. Bates starts talking and so we don't really get much else. Mm -hmm. But, like, there's no more comments about him seeming anxious. So, and I would like to say something that I mentioned in the last episode, just really fast while I'm thinking about it, because I'm totally going to forget about it in a minute. So what I said, this book kind of suffers from is that like, we're not seeing it. I feel like this book is maybe better as an adaptation. And I, I really thought a lot of that when we're reading these chapters because of how much Mrs. Bates talks and the things that she's pointing out. So instead of getting like the narrator talking about like how they walk through the rooms and stuff like that, and just having saying something like, Oh, Mrs. Bates was continuing to talk about X, Y, and Z as they walked through the room. And they, you know, the windows, they noticed the windows were boarded up or something like that. You know, we have Mrs. Bates giving us the description like oh jane there's two steps be careful oh wait there's only one step i don't know why i thought there were two you know or oh hey they like bolted a door shut and put a lot of batting around it to make sure there wasn't a draft and blah blah blah. so it's like and she says the names of everybody she sees like Mm -hmm. it, it, it bounces from oh I'm talking about, like, these things that these people like. And then, oh, there's Mr. Frank Churchill. And, like, oh, what do you think of Jane's here? And, oh, Emma, come over. You be the judge. What do you think of this? And, mm-hmm. oh, there's Dr. Hughes and Mrs. Hughes and Miss Otway and Mrs. Otway and all these people and the Coles. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So it feels like her sections read like a play. Yeah. You know? Because, like, in a play, people are on stage and you need a way to introduce them. So somebody says who they are. Yeah. That's what this reads like. And, like, I, this whole scene here with, like, Mrs. Bates and every time she's talking and goes into a room and this whole thing, that's exactly what I was thinking. Like, oh, this would work better. This section would work better as a performance based on the way it's written. And I'm just talking, like, Mrs. Bates walking in and then them going to dinner. The actual, like, dancing and some of the other stuff that's coming up, not as much. But the way Mrs. Bates, like, comes into the room and everything like that, 
She's a character that belongs in a play. <laughs> you know what I'm noticing? Miss Bates seems to have her longest sections of text whenever Jane is around or when, like, Frank Churchill is around. When Jane and Frank are around. So and we don't when they're see around them together. Doing exactly. Yeah, so we don't see them doing anything. Yeah. So I wonder if that's a distraction. I wonder if people right now are listening to this and like, duh! (laughs) (laughs) They're like, we're just little babies coming to this conclusion. But yeah, I wonder if like, that's what this is meant to be. She's a distraction from what's going on. Which is why I was like, we don't see Frank and Jane flirting. Yeah. Because we don't ever really see them together. Yeah. But you can tell that Frank has the something for Jane because of the way he was acting when he said goodbye to Emma and the fact that he was like oh hey I have to meet these people in town and oh I spent too much time at the Bates's house and oh I'm acting really anxious before Jane is supposed to get here in this carriage like he is acting in a way that says that there's something going on with Jane but we never see it because we just don't see it which is fine this is through Emma's point of view Emma very clearly isn't seeing it either yeah but she's also not picking up what we're picking up you know? Yeah. yeah. This book just got really interesting. I need to go, <laughs> and when it's done, I need to just reread it again. <laughs> are we going to do, are we, after all of the adaptations, like, that we watch and read, are we going to have a recap, Emma, where we, like, yes. reread it really fast? Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 Okay, we're going to write this down. Okay, next episode. We're going to, we're going to do Emma again, guys, when we finish all the other books. <laughs> okay. Okay. But anyway, so Frank is really anxious that Jane is coming, but then everybody gets there and they start dancing. Emma and Frank are dancing. From what I understand, they are dancing the whole night except for at the end. Well, hold on, hold on. When they're first, when they're first on the floor dancing, first of all, we need to point out that this ball was intended to be for Emma and Frank originally. And now Mm -hmm. it seems like Mrs. Elton has taken it over and now it's her ball. And well, that's because she, to- well, I was going to say that is because she just got married. No, I know. So it makes sense because no, remember I she is a hire later. Oh, I'm not saying that you don't get it. I'm explaining it <laughs> oh, for okay. the audience. Got it. <laughs> You're a smart person, Katrina. I'm not criticizing what you think. I'm just pointing it out. <laughs> yes. But Emma doesn't, like Emma understands that, but at the same time, she's kind of pissed about it mm-hmm. because it's like. No, a I don't like you, and B this was my this was my day essentially, mm-hmm. and well, then she's so, like maybe I should get married because then stuff will be about me. <laughs> just like oh my I god, that, was funny. Yeah. Um, that is so dramatic and something I would think in my brain. Mm-hmm. So Emma, I'm right there with you. I get that. <laughs> um, also, well, when she's standing up with Frank, she's watching Mr. Knightley and she's mad that he's not dancing and she's looking at like what he looks like and how tall he is and like how striking he looks in that light and he should be dancing with someone. Well, it's in comparison to all of the other men who are not dancing, which are the old men and the husbands and stuff like that. And she's just like, he's so young. He's like, he's not like any of those guys. Like, why is he not dancing? I don't understand this. Like, yeah, sure. He's single and he's not going to get married, but that doesn't mean he can't dance. He's handsome. He would be a good dance partner for anybody. So, well, yes, she is like dancing with frank and she does say compared to everybody but my partner but frank yeah he is yeah he is very handsome but it's like 
And I just want to go back to the whole like Mrs. Elton taking this over thing. So Mr. and Mrs. Weston are like, oh, crap. Like, we kind of have to have Mrs. Elton start off the dancing because she thinks this is about her and she'd be very offended. But we don't have a partner for her. So Frank and Frank's just like, uh, uh-uh. and he just like clings on to Emma. I'm just like imagining like, no, she mine. Um, <laughs> and I think Emma is at one point like, okay, well, she can have the first dance, but she can't have my partner. You know? Yeah. So Mr. Weston goes to dance with yeah. Mrs. Elton, but I'm sure Mrs. Elton would have loved to have Frank had oh, like, danced for sure. with her. For sure. Yeah. So, but yeah, so while Emma is like, uh, no, Frank is my dance partner. She's also looking at Knightley who doesn't have a dance partner. And yeah, it's just kind of a whole thing. It is a whole thing because she low-key likes him. But hang on. So then there's another person who doesn't have a dance partner toward like the mid of the evening, which is Harriet. Yes. And so there are two men outside of the older men and the husbands and stuff who aren't dancing. There are two men who would kind of be expected to dance who are standing off to the side. And then there is Harriet, who is the only woman who isn't dancing. Other than, like, the the married women mm-hmm. who aren't expected to. So, one of the men is Knightley, who we mentioned before. The other one is Mr. Elton. And I believe it's Mrs. Weston who comes up to him and is like, oh, hey, why aren't you dancing? And he's kind of like, ah, I'm married now. I don't need to dance. And she's like, wait, hold on. Oh. Bef- I know I know you want to keep going, but really quick right here, I just need to point out that he calls himself an old married man who doesn't have to do this. It's like, dude, literally two months ago, you were doing this. You have not aged that much. So shut up. Okay, sorry, keep going. Also, you've been dancing the whole night. Yeah. Like just now you're not dancing. Yeah. So shush also your wife is out there dancing so yeah shush anyway um so he's like oh i'm an old man old married man i don't need to dance uh and mrs weston is like oh well there's a single woman over here who isn't dancing you should go dance with her like that's the polite thing to do is you should go dance with her and he's just like oh it's harriet yeah no i'm not gonna do that and he totally slights her it's no, it's even more passive aggressive than yes. that. It's like, you're right, I should be dancing. Mrs. Weston, would you do me the honor? And she's like, no, I don't dance anymore. And he's like, oh, then your friend, Mrs. Whoever. And it's like, no, she doesn't dance either. I'm talking about Harriet. And he's like, oh, well, I'm an old married man. I don't dance anymore. Sorry. But let me know if I can help you with anything else. Yeah, so he'll dance with literally anybody but Harriet. Yeah. Yeah. Which is just rude. Rude. It's so rude. Like, get over it, dude. Get over it. It's not just his idea. His wife is also a part of this because they Mm -hmm. are exchanging looks and glances and she is nearby when he's like making these suggestions and then also slighting Harriet. Mm -hmm. She is part of it. Mm -hmm. And... Everybody, like, picks up on this, including Emma and Mr. Knightley, who have a conversation about it. Well, hang on. So before that conversation, though, Knightley sees this happening, and he's just like, okay, fuck you, Elton. And then he goes to dance with Harriet. Yes. So he goes out to dance with Harriet, and while they're dancing, Emma sees him dancing, and is just like, oh, dang, he's a good dancer. Why? Look at those! Look at those moves! Look at that high step! What? Graceful. He's handsome. That promenade. Wow! Like, yeah, he's cute. Okay, (laughs) so 
<laughs> she's she's really impressed. Now again, she's dancing with Frank. Right. Right. <laughs> so then after that dance, everybody goes to dinner and nothing really exciting happens at dinner except that Frank Churchill walks Jane and Miss Bates into dinner instead of Emma. Yes. Which is a big deal. And it further goes with my whole thing about how he likes Jane because it's a big deal who you walk into dinner with. Yeah. I don't know if it is for like the people of Highbury, but in like society, it's a big deal. Right. Who walks in? Because like Mrs. Elton, because this is her Paul, quote unquote, has to walk in first. But like who you walk into dinner with is a big deal. And he takes Jane. Yeah, even though he's been dancing with Emma all night. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, it's just like, mm-hmm. what a, what game? What game are you playing, sir? I don't get you. I don't get him. I don't get him. But anyway, I'm not going to talk about that anymore. What I really want to talk about is Emma and Mr. Knightley's conversation about what the yes. Eltons did to Harriet. Yes, that happens after dinner. Yes. Which is why I just wanted to say that thing about dinner really quick. Yes. And now let's talk about Knightley and Emma. Yeah. So they have this conversation, and Emma's like, did you see that? And he's like, yeah, I saw that. That was so rude. And Mr. Knightley is like, Emma, why do they have it out for you? Right? Because he sees that slight yeah. against Harriet mm-hmm. as like, they have it out for you, for something mm-hmm. you did. And Emma's like, mm, probably because I tried to set Harriet up with him. But I mean, he flat out is like, well, you tried to get, or you wanted Harriet and Mr. Elton to be yeah. married. Yeah. So like. But, like, that that's no reason for them to hate you. Like, what's up with this? Like, why do they hate you so much? Like, yeah, I get it. But essentially, he's also like me, and it's just like, get over it, dude. Yeah. I like, think, you're married. I think it goes back to when Mrs. Elton was trying to get Emma to, like, be her BFF, and Emma's like, I'm not having that. Mm-hmm. And I think this is, like, a little bit of revenge on that point maybe oh that would make sense i don't know for sure but i think it's that but i also think like it's also mr elton like being in on it because yeah she thought that harriet should be with him and he clearly doesn't think that so i think it's like a bit of both of those ideas i do think that it's a you're married get over it what the heck are you doing kind of situation but also like i really think that Mr. Elton is just severely butthurt about the whole thing that happened with Harriet and Emma. Cause so he's butthurt at the fact that Emma didn't want to marry him. He's butthurt about the fact that like Emma thought Harriet would be good for him. Cause he very clearly was offended by that. Like, I feel like he was more offended by that than yeah. about Emma saying no. Right. So now he's like explained this whole thing to Mrs. Elton in his own butthurt way wah 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 pity on me so now she's just like oh okay well i agree with you because i'm your wife now but also mrs elton is butthurt because emma didn't want to be part of a music club so maybe she took that as like an extra snub yeah or something i don't know either way the eltons are butthurt and they need to get over it (laughs) basically so yeah Mm -hmm. so but and also, n- can I just say that it's very clearly that Mr. Knightley agrees with this statement yeah, about he totally the butthurtness. Does. And if Mr. Knightley agrees with it, that probably means that we're in the right. Yeah. Because <laughs> we all know Mr. Knightley is right about everything, apparently. So far, yeah. So far. Kind does of. it pain you that he's right about everything? Does it <sighs> I hurt? don't really know. Well, so that's one of the problems I have with this is that, like, I have zero feelings for Mr. Knightley. Like, I'm only like, ah, because I know they end up together. But, like, if I didn't know how this ended, I would just be like, eh, okay. 
they're like brother and sister almost, which well, they make that comment. Well, that's funny because that is how this chapter ends. So basically after their little conversation, he's like, well, you know, commenting on the dancing and all that. And it's like, well, I would dance with you, Mr. Knightley, if you asked me. And then he's like, well, will you? And she's like, yes, I will. I will dance with you. And we are not so much brother and sister as to make it not at all improper or whatever. He's like, mm-hmm. brother and sister, no, indeed. We and are they, not brother and sister. Yeah. And then they go dance. And then they get married well, and have lots of babies. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> There's still more book. I know. Uh, but like the way he says brother and sister, no, indeed, to me, like with the with the exclamation after that, it's like... Mm-hmm. He's really trying to put it out there that no, we're not. We're not related. You can marry me. Marry me, Emma. Please marry me. Please. Please marry me. Yeah. I think Emma compliments his dancing. She does. And that's and that too. So like, ooh, that's a big deal. Emma gives him a compliment, like a legit one that isn't also kind of making fun of him, like the whole carriage situation was before the dinner at the Coles. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So but yeah, so we end with them going off onto the dance floor, and that's all that we know so far. Yep. I see hand into hand fade to black. <laughs> I don't know. We haven't seen an adaptation yet. No, I, but I that's don't know what, how the next chapter but starts. That's what I see. I tell you, that's what I see. That's the movie okay, in my head. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Uh, so yeah, so that's the end of our discussion for these chapters. Yay! Yay! I don't know. I don't know what the next chapter starts. I don't know if we're actually going to get to see Knightley and Emma dance or if it's a fade to black situation. And the next thing we know, we wake up at Hartfield. I have no idea how this happens. <laughs> I just read the sentence. So I know now. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell me I want to be surprised. Oh, it's <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, but that's what we have for this week. So once again, I just want to give a quick shout out to, well, here we are podcast. You gave us our chapter breakdowns for this. Uh, Go and listen to them. They have a really fun podcast. Check them out on Twitter and on Instagram at wellherepod. And of course, check out our Instagram and everything fun that we're doing. And yeah, we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Beyond Measure is hosted by me, Katrina Mayer, and me, Al Kammerer. We're part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. Our music was composed by Shane Ivers, and our artwork was created by the beautiful and talented Katie Keneally. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts, or you can find us on our website at witbeyondmeasure.com. Or follow us on Instagram for all of our updates, memes, and just fun stuff. Our handle is at WBM Podcast. I'm going to say that again. It's WBM Podcast.